This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to TVI. Carl Donnelly here. Julian Dean, UK-based. Um, UK-based and now Melbourne currently-based. Carl Donnelly. Um, very late at night. In very Melbourne. late for you. It's, what is it, 10 past 12 at night? Um Nice. Or, or early morning, depending on how you think about it. Um, oh, yeah. It's night. It's still night in it. It's not, night. It's innit? definitely night. The clocks when, are wrong. When it's people night. go, it's two two a.m. Two in the morning. You're like two in the morning. It's night, mate. It's night time. Exactly. It's confusing us. Uh, should be p.m. Yes, it should. It should be p.m. till I'd say four in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> um, Depends anyway. if you're an alky. Exactly. Welcome back. This is a very fun episode. We caught up with uh, Welsh, now currently Melbourne-based Lloyd Langford. Very funny stand-up. Um, it's been around for years. I feel like I, I think I, when I started, Lloyd had just been sort of just starting. So he's been been around forever, and uh, he's a very funny man. And we have a chat about all sorts and uh, films, films, Balls. obviously some pedos. Uh, as per usual but it's it's almost like we can't help ourselves once you talk about school though i don't know it's a, it's a significant thing it's a significant part of the education system <laughs> you can't talk about it's one without the, the curriculum other. i know um anyway but it's a good fun chat and uh i think you'll enjoy it thanks to all our patrons at patreon.com forward slash we are tvi there's a nice thanks, little uh, catch up videos on patrons night that was uh, yeah. us just having a catch nice up. catch up we'll do another one or two this week i don't and... know why i talked over you sorry <laughs> it's fine it's our new thing we're gonna just talk over each other both said the same thing different ways over <laughs> each other it's like a remix <laughs> oh that's it there's that's all the admin mate why don't you all just listening everybody exactly listen enjoy the videos on patreon yeah all right boy if you want let's see it bye Right, 
bust a fucking vape. Just like... <laughs> I always do. I always do that just before anything. I don't know, I know. why. Like, is it because you've got an addictive, addictive personality? <laughs> and, uh, I'm a mad crackhead. Exactly. And um, welcome back to TVI. Carl Donnelly here. Julian Dean here. Hi. And guest, um, first time guest, um, Welsh man, Australian dweller, Lloyd Langford. Hey, Lloyd. Hello. Hi. Hello. Um, how the hell are you? It's sort of weird that now, I mean, we're both in the same country now, but um, you've been here, you've been stuck here for how long? Uh, I arrived maybe end of February, like last year. Yes. So what's that? Twelve months? Uh, Thirteen months? Yeah. And um, it's. I mean, we've we've met up a few times since I've been in the in the country. We've been discussing the uh, the pros of here um, compared to the UK. Being currently. in an unlocked Melbourne with gigs, <laughs> some sea. Just. Do you know what? Do you know what part of it is? Stadiums. I don't know. You know, I don't think London is as uh, unfriendly as people make out. People from outside of London think London is like no one talks to each other and actually they do you just it's sort of you know it's a different vibe to other places but you do notice there is still a drop-off like where my in-laws are here in Hampton uh in Melbourne like, I just went for a, to get a coffee this morning and on my life I think every person I spoke I walked past said good morning like 100 percent it's a little rate. bit. We need a medium on that, don't we? Like every other, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. Every don't get me other wrong. person, at yeah. least. By the last one, I was like, fuck off. Your but, muscles, uh, your face muscles aching from just faking it. Something, yeah, something hi. I'm really enjoying at the moment in Melbourne, which they don't do anywhere else I've been, is hard rubbish. Which What's is hard rubbish? So twice a year, you're allowed to just put any shit you don't want on the pavement i've heard about that yeah yeah, sorry i've heard of this but it sounded fucking mental so i didn't actually ask any further questions so (laughs) it's basically like a garage sale but you're allowed to just just put it out garage sale garage sale sale. yeah why have i speaking american (laughs) i've literally left the country for a few weeks and i've just lost out of my ability to speak um yeah so what you can put anything yeah, and the idea is that Dead the body. council, the council will come and take it away on right. a on a special idea. So not litter, as in like old stuff that you don't want. Like you can't throw your old, like general waste <laughs> out pile of Mars bar wrappers. <laughs> oh, Julian, we we have bins here. Yeah, there are oh, yeah. bins. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> but no, yeah, the, we still yeah, have the bin. Did I not tell you, Julian? You have to save your rubbish up for twice a year. Oh. <laughs> your garden is literally basically a dump, and then you put it. That's up what front. I thought. <laughs> I just throw shit out a window. Have you it's ever... like old, old furniture and yeah. junk you don't want anymore, and the council is supposed to take it away. But what actually happens is teams of people. Yes, just everyday people there's a massive come... boot fair the next day coincidentally <laughs> they scoured it. there was a guy slowly driving up and down our street the other day and i was like oh he's definitely some kind of pedo weirdo and i actually took his number plate down yeah and then i realized he was, hook up looking... later. he was looking for <laughs> oh, so to join your whatsapp group 
<laughs> we've got a group for you, mate. <laughs> got, got a dark web forum that you're fucking with, mate. Um, yeah. So what he's on Discord. So, so when was the when is the hard day, hard rubbish day? They I it like they give you like a couple of weeks heads up. Oh right, okay. Pe- people are already like scouring the like human dung beetles. Yeah, they're just Fucking foraging hell. through all of the all of the junk. There is something it's to be said for I um I did a thing where a period where I was putting stuff on Instagram. There's a road near me in well, Harlesden that sort of goes into Kensal Green, and it's it's notorious for really good. People just put like it's, it's almost like a culture there. They put this. Like, you got something you want to get rid of, like a a sort of chest of drawers. Put it out front. Someone will have it. And it's um, but it's always nice stuff because it's nice sort of mid, like sort of upper middle class housing. So I'm like I, I would mooch, mooch around, mate. For a period, I would take a photo of what I, what was on the street and then get a of... free bedside lamp or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, tip that I free was, bin. <laughs> the tip that I was told is that if you want to get rid of junk like that outside your house then you put it outside your house but you put a price on it no yeah. then... just post it through the letterbox the cash no you just put, say you put 50 quid on a chest of drawers yeah someone walking past will go oh i'm gonna nick that and mm. just take it yes yeah, so the moment I they think they're getting a deal around... yeah that's a good idea like an old fridge or something <laughs> Um, it's yeah, but yeah, there is some things like that. I just, I you know, when sort of Australian things that just sort of make sense, but then when somebody tells it to you, like that's, it is weird. Like just having like it's basically like the purge for your house, isn't it? You just gotta <laughs> stick every bit of shit outside. Just every bit, every bit of furniture from the hotel room, <laughs> <laughs> and then nutters in vans drive around, sort of looking for it. You um, you are allowed you are allowed to put old fridges outside, but you you have to have the doors taken off them because there was a spate. Oh, I that's easy eight, to do in the eighties or nineties. Where just get a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to get some dynamite, and that's easy. Um, what, just roll a hand grenade in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was the, the spate of what in the nineties? Putting people of children in climbing inside and getting stuck. Oh, oh and it falling over. Yeah, so you have to have the doors off if you <laughs> just put a big ice block up. just falls out. <laughs> and solo just come out. Uh, what um, were they? Were they all right? Is there air holes? I don't know. Did they? Is this? Was no, it... I think you can. I think you can easily perish. Yeah. <laughs> just like all my vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> What does first the apple or the kid? But um, what, um, they're airtight, aren't they? Fridges, I get. I mean, they've got the suction thing. I presume they're meant to be to keep stuff and fresh then, in it. And it's dark. And they had holes that the I cold just remember, would get I, out. I oh yeah. <laughs> does, Indi- Indiana Jones in the in the very very bad fourth Indiana yeah, Jones yeah. film, <laughs> he survives Low a budget. nuclear a nuclear bomb blast by climbing into a fridge. It's that film. <laughs> is one of the <laughs> strangest cinematic experiences I've ever had. Because, you know, like, I... And I don't think it's just nostalgia. I actually think the Indiana Jones films hold up really well. They're not... You watch them now, they're, like, yeah. over Christmas. They're still really good. They're really fun. They're entertaining. Like, you know, they've got... They don't... I don't think they've aged badly. But when you watch that fourth one, it is... It's almost like it was made by somebody who hadn't seen the other three. They just got told <laughs> about... Yeah, he wears, a hat. he wears a hat. He wears a hat and he sort of just, like, goes and gets some old shit. And like, 
So that that scene with Shia LaBeouf swinging through the trees with the monkeys almost done me <laughs> in. Like I was, I was like, I can't believe this has made the final edit. It's fucking. I never brutal. saw it. I don't think. Oh mate, you've lucked out. If you like, it's one of them things where I just, if I can go back and not watch it and just allow that that trilogy to stay as is, it ruins the whole lot, doesn't it? Because you remember it by that shit one. Sort of, yeah. And I'm not somebody. The first who really, ones were great, weren't they? They're so good, but I'm not somebody who sort it's of. Go- thinks like yeah, I just leave everything like, any like you know like some hardcore like Star Wars fans are like they sort of won't accept anything that's been made since the first three but you know <laughs> yeah, actually yeah. if you look back the first three aren't that great really um, at but, the time they were though yeah at the time but I don't I actually know I don't I don't I think was six <laughs> everything's <laughs> fucking good my quality control was one thing yeah yeah exactly you were sort of yeah you were climbing into fridges and I, I really I really liked the romance in the Stone film. That was good at the time, wasn't it? Um, yes, they were. I still um, remember. Yeah, I, I, I still remember the soundtrack. Steve Winwood, Higher Love, I think, on the Romance in the Stone I soundtrack. Know. Yeah, it's a great you, song. You can definitely tell that they're fucking, they've got 100%. great chemistry. Was it Sybil Shepherd? No. No. No, Kathleen Turner. And That's it, Kathleen Turner. It's that a... smoke show. <laughs> <laughs> That's straight 10. <laughs> well, I bet you lent into the mic there just to make that extra creepy, mate. Um, I, I, I've, I've recently had a re... Not, 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 I was on overblow that there, but I've watched a few Michael Douglas classics recently. I forget how much That's I liked good. Michael Douglas and how much it's I do so like good. him. good. He is like... I watched Wall Street for the first time in ages and fuck me, he's so good in it. Like He's horrible, disgusting, but excellent at the same time and you can tell he's sort of a bit of a cunt in real life <laughs> just from the film you know when somebody's an actor but you're like i also know you've mined some some truth yeah yeah they here. can't tap into that character no, without man. being I a love cunt. it <laughs> daryl uh, daryl hannah's performance in that film oh. is so eggy like but she's um you, you're She's what was she to, in Wall Street? She plays the sort of like she's what's that? She's an art. Is she an art gallery sort of curator or something? She's at a party and she meets Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, um, Charlie Sheen. Sorry, and um, she sort of isn't Same she going thing. out with somebody else at the time, and then she ends up with him. And she sort of just plays this really sort of airy fairy blonde in it, doesn't she? I just it was like she was in a cut in from a different film. <laughs> That jar jar she still, had, she she still his... had her nut. She was a fish from the waist down. Still, <laughs> it's one of those performances where straight afterwards, I'm straight on IMDb to go. All right, was she like poking the director or like yeah, what? Yeah, like yeah, why yeah. is she in this film? Um, she. I mean, she is not same so, surname not... as the casting director. <laughs> <laughs> Daryl Hannah's dad, casting director in the credits. Um, not to get all uh, Julian over Kathleen Turner, but Daryl Hannah, she was su- such a pretty lady. Like she was, you know, she was gorgeous. It was like you know, yeah. Splash did things to me when I was a kid, man. Yes, yeah. she, she she's absolutely brilliant <laughs> if she's playing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe want her to be all fish, not just half. <laughs> <laughs> she's ruined uh, yeah. by the human bit <laughs> she's 
she's great if she's playing like a fish woman or like a android in Blade Runner, but uh, if yes. she has to play an actual person, she's uh, yeah, there. she needs to be at least half something else <laughs> just to take the edge off. <laughs> half ox or something. <laughs> Charlie Sheen is another one who you know he's a real like lo- it's a real lottery with Charlie Sheen as to what you're going to get in a film, isn't it? Like you can watch. You can like he's 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 good in Wall Street. I think he plays that slightly naive, wannabe rich boy really well. But then and he's really funny in like Hot Shots. But then you know yeah. what I mean. He's also like, did you ever see any of them serious like action films he did in the sort of mid nineties? Like he was like in The Rookie and stuff like that. With and it's just he just has not. Got I was that. more familiar with Emilio Estevez, his brother in the eighties, yeah, yeah, yeah. like Breakfast Club. He was kind of a bit. Was he a bit bigger at the time? At the I think two? so. I think initially, um, like Breakfast Club was a good film, wasn't it? It's a great. Film. Young Guns was he? That Young Guns was my favourite. That had a lot of them, didn't it? Um, Did it? It had Emilio Estevez, Charlie Sheen. Oh, Young um, Guns. Lou Diamond Phillips. I was thinking of Top Gun. Keith yeah, Sutherland. Keith Sutherland. All of, you know, Emilio all of Estevez was Billy the Kid, wasn't he? Yeah, he's and brilliant he as Billy the Kid. Went out the window. It was such a good film. I, I watched it recently. You... I watched it about three months ago, and it's uh, that's another one that holds up to. It comes sort of... out the window in the box and just jumps out and starts yeah, firing. Yeah. It reminded me of myself. <laughs> Whereas, <laughs> that's the sort of thing I do in my dreams. <laughs> what escape out Make of people's windows? And panicky. <laughs> Wake up and I've wet the bed. <laughs> He's uh, what was, oh, shit. I was about to say something about. Oh yeah, Charlie Sheen though in that film actually. Out of he's he tries to play it a bit too seriously in Young Guns, and he's sort of is one of the weaker of the pack, I think. Terence Stamp's very good in it though, isn't he? As a sort of weird old oh, English yeah, man. Oh yeah, he's English English guy, isn't he? Yeah, he's had an interesting career. Why are we talking just about films? This is we haven't talked. My about sister this wrote films, to Terence Stamp and got a reply. She wrote to him. Yeah. For what purpose? I don't know. <laughs> really liked him. Um, what? So it's like a fan letter. Uh, I don't know exactly. She just. I don't know. I didn't. I don't know. I, I weren't really listening. <laughs> I I was um I was in the pub once with Matt Ford. Yeah. And uh, we had a few beers, and he was talking about um Alan Ford. He he's. He's like a gangster actor. He's in Snatch. And yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks just like my dad. No, the, weirdly. the old geezer with the white hair and the glasses. Yeah. Brick top tawny. And oh, yeah. We'd had a few beers and I, I just said to 40, I'll just email his agent and just ask him if he wants and to come book for him beer. for a drink in the pub. <laughs> <laughs> well, I emailed his agent and said, oh, like, we're two fans of his and, you know, can we take him out for dinner or something just what? like drunkenly oh, and God. like forgot about it and then uh his agent got back in touch and was like yeah he what he, he'll <laughs> he'll come out for dinner with you guys if you want what um but he, he's vegan can so... he pay you should he's vegan <laughs> <laughs> yeah so he's vegan right and he replied to the message and said when can we go out for dinner and i think i was in australia I'm starving <laughs> 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 Wait for the email for four years since Snatch. Since the check cleared from Snatch. I was in Australia, Forty was in the UK. We were trying to organise it. And then one day Forty was just in a pub in Hampstead and Alan Ford came up to him and tapped him on the shoulder and was like, 
Oh, you cunt, when are you taking me out for dinner? No. Have you mugged me off because I'm a vegan? <laughs> and then we, are, we actually did take him out for a meal. It was what? fucking brilliant. This is unbelievable. That's fucking uh, nuts. It was so good. We spent, What's he like? It, like we person? spent ages. Really funny. Greedy. Really, <laughs> really smart. A really quick eater. <laughs> <laughs> he was telling us stories from his life and from the films and stuff. And then we finished the meal. Uh, me and I was drunk. And he was like, where are we going next? I was like, wait. We And then we went to the pub and stuff. He was... It was so cool. Yeah, it's fast. Um, yeah. What the so, not so it wasn't the same night you emailed. It wasn't like that. It didn't all happen in one night. No, no, no. Oh. It, we had to set that it up. A bit, I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. that would be if mental. I send the email and he then gets, he's like, yeah, he gets behind you. And he's just feeling a bit peckish. <laughs> then then he walks in the pub. <laughs> That's fucking That's crazy. That's amazing. But I, didn't I did not know he was a vegan. Should we try and, should we should, try and do that? Should we email like, him if he wants to come on the podcast? Yeah, yeah. I mean, how rude will it be if he says no? This is something he could do from his own house, but he just went out for dinner with fucking <laughs> Lloyd and Forty. Just tell him we're sending him for some fucking a little takeaway or something. <laughs> Get him a delivery. Um, but yeah, I've never, I don't think I've ever messaged a celebrity. Do you know what I mean? I know like some people when they were kids were had like were parts of fan clubs and stuff. I never yeah. did any of that shit. What are you doing, Julian? He's playing with something. Just being OCD. I don't know. <laughs> this is past my bedtime. It is late, isn't it? It's, this it's is quite f- nice doing it late. I've never done it this late before. Um, just for listeners. 8 p.m. It's, no, 11, really it's 11.25 p.m. UK time. British 10.25 Melbourne time for me and Lloyd. Um, nice. well, you're, but you're a late. You go to bed late, don't you? I haven't lately because I've been taking the kids to school. So, <clears throat> well, Ren, so I'm up at like... Are they back in real life school now? Yeah. Actually, oh, so you've had to hang up your teaching boots. I know, yeah. Julian was a homeschooler for a while. Let them get some education. <laughs> <laughs> Julian was destroying was his children's future for a while. <laughs> but... but um, I quite enjoyed it though. I did. Find are you it missing cool. it? Because yeah, you were you were loving it, mate. Well, I can still study. I've actually been looking into loads of courses to do and things. So, yeah, like law and stuff. I've been looking into. <laughs> I still don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> when 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 you pick the kids up from the school, or are, are there other parents about? Do you have to? No, it's just them? a derelict um, school in. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> burnt out school has not been operating since the 70s <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, what's yeah, the it's, distance it's, it's since just, you have to stay apart and wear I mean, masks it just looks to me normal it looks it's different because you drop them at the gate and they go in so you don't I used to go in and walk her to the classroom really uh, and the other the other parents just naturally stay away from you yeah, anyway. The other parents naturally just they've always stayed outside the gate me. like normal parents. <laughs> you were the only one walking them into the classroom and sitting down for a bit, having a look around. What are Learning you, I, some stuff. I thought, historically, I thought you always just drop them at the school gates, don't you? I don't remember any. When I was growing um, up, no I, well, parents were coming past the gate, man. They would have got well, not when up. they're, like, Ren's only just, like, well, she's eight in August, so... I mean, lockdown. So she was like five, six. That that age, you don't just drop them at the gate, I guess. Drop them at the nearest tube just, station, mate. Let them yeah, be. you just drop them at the bus stop. <laughs> um, we, I remember walking to school on my own. Like, well, we, me and my mates would walk to school from like the age of like seven. It's mad. I mean, it was the 80s, so 
you know. Yeah, I, I know. I never. Peter Finney was rife, <laughs> and uh, but, you know, but you'd have to run the gauntlet. No, but it was. <laughs> that was. I'm sure. I don't know if that was just my. You know, we. I lived about maybe eight hundred meters in total from my primary school, so it's probably just. That's a, a long way to walk for a seven-year-old on their own. I mean, I, I think my parents were just very laissez-faire about my safety. Did you ever get approached by an adult? Not as a I kid. Of. Um, I can't. What about molested? Not really. <laughs> um. I should have probably warned Lloyd about how every conversation ends in the same location. <laughs> um, right now, now we're warming. Not really. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I did the acting. Creaked on a couple of actors. Now we're on the pedo chat. Now what? I am. Um, um, I got approached. By a, I mean, it's happened loads of times, but as a really young kid, I got approached by a guy offering to fix my bike. And then my mum called from the balcony when I lived yeah. in Plumstead. Was there anything wrong with your bike? Um, I was just, don't know what I was doing with it, but he jumped over a wall and started oh. looking down. And then my mum my and my neighbour on the, on the balcony up in the um, estate and uh, she just, Julian, come, come up here. I was like, what? He's just helping with the bike. Um, and no. when I, I don't know why I didn't speak like that, but um, he was definitely a pedo. <laughs> I went. I went to a. Uh, later. I went to a high school. I was one of the few people in the like high school that didn't go to the junior school. Right. And they were. We had a religious education lesson, and all of the kids in my class were like waxing lyrical about this teacher they had in junior school. Uh, they used to like buy them presents, oh, and uh, they used to go around his house and he'd give them massages and stuff. Oh, and did if he they do had like a... weird apart from like... <laughs> <laughs> if they had like a sports injury lesson in it, <laughs> and because I didn't know who this person was, I said, "Ah, oh, this guy's clearly a paedophile." Yeah, and there was like absolute uproar in the class and. People got really angry and started yeah. like shouting, shouting at me and saying, "Oh, you've you've got an awful mind and all this kind of stuff." And the teacher made <laughs> me apologise. Kids in my front room. Mate. <laughs> you, you had to apologise, right? I had to apologise to the class because I was like, oh, "Obviously, I never met this guy. You know, I'm sorry that I jumped to conclusions about him." <laughs> and then. <laughs> obviously a few years later it's all over the local newspaper yeah, he was indeed a wrong and i hope you, you can't go and I take you your stood up in that back. class again and went right you fucking pieces of shit <laughs> i retract I'd actually gra- I, I'd graduated from the school by this point but i went back to the yeah. to the re teacher <laughs> kick, the, kick the door in when he's doing a class like, i told you he was a pedo mate um we had a we had a we had a we had a teacher get accused of multiple uh sort of and again it was like not under this isn't a defense or anything but he wasn't you know he wasn't but they were fit <laughs> no <he> was... <laughs> what i'm saying is it wasn't like full-on like he wasn't actually assaulting people he was a fan of a of a sort of a massage of a yeah it was all i mean just, that's that's it's bad free, it's bad shit but he's, he wasn't you know he wasn't literally physically what i'm saying is he wasn't bumming anyone i know it's not i don't know why you're in his corner man no i'm not in his corner i was dead i was a dead 
don't know why you're represent. You're I'm not. But no. But this is the, the story. Is right. So it, there was always. Everyone knew that. Don't don't let him go near. Like on school trips, don't let him rub sunscreen on your legs. You know. You don't let to... him work in the school. How about that? <laughs> no, but we were kids. I mean, when we there was that, don't let him this... work anywhere near any children. But again, this was the this was like the early nineties. Whatever. This was when uh, the, the kids just had their rules, and the kids had the rumors, and we were like, right. No one going in office with Mr. Graham, yeah. right? That was the thing. So it was almost like there's no point telling the grown-ups ain't going to do nothing about it. There was us and them. And, uh, yeah, yeah. But then sort of probably, yeah, I reckon, I, don't, I think we might have just left the school. It might have been in sixth form or something when it all came out. Like there was loads of allegations. All of a sudden it was like this sort of domino effect. Uh, and then um, it was bad. He, um, he ended up topping himself. Uh, oh. But then I've got I've got mates who still to this day defend him and say like no he never did anything that wrong no, it was all just it was all just kids <laughs> who had a bit of a were trying it's to nice sort that of... people see the best in it but it's it's naive isn't it I mean I he think, shouldn't have and he also apparently him. had historical allegations from the school previous before he came to our school so I think you know I'm not a fan of the phrase there's no smoke without fire but when you when there's multiple fires in your you know you've left you like you've left a wake of fire I reckon there's it might definitely be been a spark <laughs> there's no smoke without fire but this guy vapes a lot <laughs> um, no smoke without fire so I blow smoke into the camera what I'll tell you what I will say have you got any mates who went to like private school or boarding school like I mean, that back was in the brutal. day, it is chatting to like friends like Jimmy McGee and stuff. They like, yeah, the stories you hear from those posh schools is next level. Almost you know. sounds worse than like a, a crap like council estate school. Well, yeah, because I think we sort of at least got left a like left. We got we're allowed to sort. Of, I think the bullying was way is way worse in boarding schools. And again, yeah. this is why they all turn out to be fucking sociopaths who run the country yeah. because they've basically been battered uh, emotionally. Every day. Like tough yeah. and like, it's yeah. like the Hunger Games. It is. I um, I've I've heard stories that have made me sort of so sad for like little posh people. <laughs> which I know. Shouldn't really, as a somebody who was you know grew up working class, I shouldn't have any sympathy. I mean, childhood is difficult in it for any any class. I guess it's just different flavors of different things, different elements. I guess. Got that from your time of teaching last year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really tough for the kids I'm teaching. Because <laughs> they're not learning anything and it has its own connotations. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, what, how is, so talk us through what's, what's the latest rules in the UK, Julian? And we can, we can make you feel jealous of our situation um, here. Well, we can't go to the beach and swim with dolphins <laughs> like you lot. <laughs> We can't go shark fishing at noon. <laughs> Bungee jumping. What was um, Lloyd? What was lockdown like? That, that the Melbourne lockdown. From chatting to my family and friends here during that, it did sound like it was more. It was stricter than the UK. Probably in the UK is we had one during winter when it was dark and cold and shit. Whereas here it wasn't like you. Had, it was a Melbourne winter, so it wasn't fucking minus five every day. You know what I mean? But like, what, like having the curfew and stuff sounded like quite extreme. So what was that saying? Yeah, it was, I mean, I think someone, I was chatting to a comic the other day that was like, it was 111 days. Yeah. And at the most intense, you were only allowed out of the house for one hour a day. Everything was closed. The actual uh, cafes were open. 
for takeaway. Right. But you w- you weren't allowed to eat to on drink the it. <laughs> you weren't allowed to eat it or drink it. You had to take it and put it in the bin. <laughs> Rubber gloves on. So uh, if you if you got like a takeaway coffee and then went to a park and sat on a bench, you, you were breaking the arrested. law. But were the police uh, quite um were they on it on it or is it one of them things where like you know in the UK they sort of say they're on it but. I've only heard one or two stories where the police have actually approached people in parks sitting on benches and been like, you know, you're they not allowed to, to do me, this. They did to me. Oh, yeah, they I did. I was out with Rob Collins on the Heath. Yeah, it went for a phase in lockdown one when it was, they were clearing people all that there was like... Oh, really? Like pro, like unmarked cars driving across the Heath. Like, obviously, it's a police car. <laughs> <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> a really like lost rally driver. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That Uber driver sat Collins now ain't working. He's just fucking panicked. <laughs> Straight across through the public park. But, I've um, been in Ubers where the driver would have done that there. if their sat nav sent and told them to, mate. Do you know, have you ever had that? I, I once was at Heathrow Airport, got an Uber, waiting for my Uber, and I watched him trying to work out how to pull into like the pickup zone. I was watching him on the map, missed the turning like five times in a row, man. Just could not work it out. But so yeah, so they were were they were the police sort of knocking around here because I do one thing I will say about, and I don't know if this is the rest of Australia, but I think Melbourne in particular, there is a lot of you see a lot of police on public transport. You know, sort of I'm getting a train in and out of town most days here. There's always like at least one little group of police will sort of pop on and off the train while I'm heading into town, which you don't really see that in the UK. You you never see police on the tube or anything like. I feel like here not the really. police are a it's bit... Not really, it's not common, is it? No. Or you get British transport police, which are like fucking substitute teachers, innit? You feel like you can tell them to fuck off and they'll be like, actually, yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry for taking <laughs> sorry up your time. Sorry to bother you. Just get in their face. <laughs> but yeah, here, um, yeah, it feels like the police are a bit more um, on it. What's happened to Julian's... Julian's uh, <laughs> just had his electricity cut off and <laughs> paid the bill. <laughs> What happened? Your light just go off. This is all right, actually, isn't it? Yeah, the light. Um... It's all right if you're doing a fucking ghost watch. What are you talking well, um... about? Paranormal activity. Yeah, I know it is now, isn't it? Um... Oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> Julian's always got some other admin going on in his house whenever we record. <laughs> it's like a sort of, it's like a prank show where we get a guest on and sort of just see how much we can distract them while chatting to them. <laughs> Sorry. Julian <laughs> <laughs> just fiddles with stuff. Um, but yeah, so it was So it was basically a proper harsh lockdown. But then when we, did things we start kind opening? Of, we sort of complied with it as well. I remember there was one night where it, um, there was like a really heated argument between two of our neighbours sort of in the street behind yeah, and the woman was doing a lot of screaming, and we were like, "Oh, we should go and like check up on her and stuff." Um, but it was like beyond the curfew, right? What was the, what time so was we the had curfew? To, I think it was eight o'clock. Oh, fucking hell, that's um, that's pretty hardcore, isn't it? Like, I imagine, yeah. And what was there much? Was there many people that were not uh, complying? Because that's what one thing I heard from chatting to someone is that the compliance rate. In Australia is really high. They said like it's in the yeah, 80s. It was... like, it's like New Zealand. Like people actually were like, right, let's stick to the rules, get this done, and then we can get on with our lives. 
Whereas that's one of the problems in the UK, apparently, is compliance rates are in that, the 40s, like in percent. <coughs> Sweden was like that, weren't they? They didn't have any kind of law or anything, but people just had common sense and just kind of yeah, locked it got on themselves. Yeah. It's a weird one, isn't it? It's like, I think, I do think the England UK England have got a, that kind of fuck off kind of attitude, I guess. Absolutely. Like, which is, I think, sometimes quite refreshing. Sometimes it's yeah. absolutely frustrating. But the compliance here was re was I think it was really high, and then yeah. obviously you had like isolated incidents of anti-maskers like filming themselves, <laughs> you know, walking around like a hardware store and sort of shouting at the staff and stuff. Such heroes, which is just, just having a go at the poor staff. I know, as if they're like fucking, you know, the government or something. I don't know. Yeah, that, there was that that. that it felt like it felt like those kind of people were very much in the minority, mm. and I think in the UK they, I think all of those fucking turnips have banded together and have formed some sort of small army of fuckwittery. Well, I suppose this... online they can link up and can't they, and organise and recruit and stuff. They do have the internet in Australia, though. <laughs> then people do also oh, have yes. those capabilities. Bins on the internet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Although the actual internet speeds here are atrocious, so it is probably really, harder. I was really confident in my theory for about half a second. <laughs> um, did you see the massive uh, anti-mask, anti-lockdown uh, protest in London yesterday? I didn't, I, know. It was... Um... I, saw, I saw footage of a comedian who I, I will not name... I think I know who you're oh. talking about. <laughs> we'll name them on our Patreon. I actually think they've been on the podcast, Julian, but we'll talk, we'll talk <laughs> off air. Um, oh, okay. Uh, um, filming themselves walking through Parliament Square, repeatedly sort of half shouting, freedom. <laughs> this is freedom. <laughs> I, I, it's making me proud to be British. Look, I'm free. Well, it's a funny one. Like, it, just, it, who yeah. was that? They're just... They're just wandering about on some grass. After, um, yeah, it's a weird. Like... Our patrons. <laughs> um, it's it was thousands and thousands of people though. It was a, uh, it's you know, it's obviously caught a bit of a wave. I think it's just frustration. It's gone on ages, and I think people are just basically it's it's managed to capture people that were always sort of anti. This, you know, it's basically captured yeah. conspiracy theorists who think it's all bollocks. People who are a bit sort of libertarian and just think no we should be allowed to do what we want uh you know and it will be it's captured it now it's got to a point now it's gone on long enough that it's caught all those groups of people and they've sort of banded together but um i saw some i saw some very dumb takes on it on twitter like i saw someone having a go at the police for like just sort of shepherding you know doing that thing where they sort of are along the sides and letting them march and going off because so, last week I don't know did you hear about the sort of the vigil in Clapham Common where they sort of got a bit heavy handed yeah. people were like well what I suppose if they were you know having a vigil for a dead woman then the police would get heavy handed so hang on the criticism the police got for getting heavy handed last week might be the reason they're a little bit more <laughs> softly softly at this one <laughs> you know what I mean I you can't have, Twitter, can't have a week of shit about being heavy handed and then expect the police to go right let's do that again and have another week of shit online shall we so. I don't know whose tweet it was, but there was a photo of it could have been just bullshit. But there was a, the woman who was getting 
heavy-handed at the vigil was the same woman who was getting heavy-handed the other day she's been in about three like she kind of <laughs> they're all quite I love, they're all, I love a conspiracy like that when it's like they're all quite good she gets booked to get beaten up by the police <laughs> but Julian, are, you, like, are you trying to suggest she's a crisis actor yeah <laughs> Um, I did. I actually did see somebody tweeting about that, but I didn't even. I didn't even sort of click on it. I just went, "Oh, here we I go." I didn't again. see who the tweet was from. I can't remember. But but what? Hang on. But what? I other, when was the other heavy handed? When? When did she? When? When did she last get beaten up by the police? And, and now, now well, side I mean, question is, who's her agent? Because right, I could do with some of that sweet it. crisis actor money, man. <laughs> I'll fucking. I'd show up to any old vigil <laughs> if they paid me <laughs> two grand. I'll get bashed. I'll, I'll take a couple of digs from the police. Is it like? Is there an I agency would, that specialises in it? Would you is do a not... month in prison for like ten grand? Um, currently, probably, yeah. Might as well. I guess you did two weeks in quarantine in Brisbane. Yeah, exactly. And paid yeah. uh, ten grand. <laughs> so, um, it's yeah. It's, I mean, I reckon. Yeah, obviously, uh, prison is a slightly a slight exaggeration for uh, quarantine. You know, I don't think you can get Uber Eats in prison and, <laughs> and have Foxtel to watch whatever you want to watch. But um, it's, yeah, I reckon the actual not being able to leave your room, that's that's not the hard part. It's genuinely, I think, would be the, the entertainment factor. If prison, you know, when, whenever you see like sort of the Daily Mail of a story about prisoners have now got fucking TVs or whatever, it's like, you know, that is, that's fine. I'm fine with that. Let them watch telly, innit? They're going to be locked in that room for years. Give them a PlayStation. That's what I'm... Depending on crimes, it's just really, I'd have to give a, a, a waiver there. If they have murdered like 150 people, then maybe take the place. I think the away. I think the the murderers, like the lifers, get like a bit more stuff than someone in there for like a couple of weeks or whatever. Really? I think so. I think I mean, so. It's a bit. As somebody chill. who has spent a couple of weeks inside Julian, what did you get in your cell? I got um, a poster of Danny Minogue on the wall that was already there. Is that true? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's um, such a weird choice of pin up. I know. Who else? Um, that was it. Yeah, no books. <laughs> you just borrow off of people. You accrue things. You accrue things over time. I think. I think yeah. Julian's right. But I'm. I'm purely judging this on um, the Silence of the Lambs film. Right. Yeah, yeah. The do- it's a documentary <laughs> on the British <laughs> justice system. <laughs> It's um, a great know. film, actually. Science of the Lambs. I've not seen it in so many years, but uh, I, I, I always Marys. found it quite, um, quite a hard watch. Do you know some films you feel like it's sort of not something you're just going to go. Oh, it's a Saturday. I'm going to whack Science of the Lambs on. You know, what I mean, it's one of those things where it's a commitment to watch that film. It's going to leave you a bit sad and bleak. I know. Yeah. It's um, I've not even intense. Feel good at the end, isn't it? Exactly, something like that you can watch Beautiful at the end. You have a little cry and then go and sort of yeah. get on with your life. But yeah, so not Silence of the Lambs is not like a sort of it's not a Christmas, or it's not a Boxing Day film, is it? Nah. Yeah. What um, was Red Dragon like? That was his second one, was it? Looked shit, so I never saw it. Um, I think it was. Did you watch packed. Hannibal? Did you ever see Hannibal? It's supposed to be good. It's, I mean, I, I wouldn't use that word, but mainly for the end <laughs> scene. The end scene is one of the weirdest bits of film I've ever seen. Have you seen it, Lloyd? I, I 
I went on a, a date to that film. Oh, that is, what is what sort of date movie is that, mate? That is fucking <laughs> shit. You left crying and halfway. I, cu- I couldn't um, watch it, that particularly that scene with Ray Liotta. I had to, um, I had to like, she, she, I think she was putting her hand over my eyes and I was like, this is, I was very close to fainting. It's horrific. There's a basically for Julian and for any listeners. I mean, I, I don't need to say spoiler alert. Nobody's gonna. Nobody who's not watched Hannibal is now gonna go fucking. I hell, thought mate. we were talking about the Netflix series actually. But oh no, no, we're the talking about the film. film. Uh, yeah, oh. Netflix series. I think it's meant to be all right. The film. Yeah. At What's the, the end, scene? Um, Ray Liotta is a police officer, uh, and at the end, he ends up. He gets captured by um, Hannibal Lecter. And Hannibal Lecter seats him down on a chair that he's strapped to and eat, drugs yeah. him and feeds him, cuts the top of his head off, removes it gently, and then feeds him some of his own, a part of his own brain fried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see that film. So, yeah. So, what I'm saying is a perfect first date film. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Do you know, um, what was the second Austin Powers film? Old Member. Yeah, that was that was a that was a second date movie I once went on. I mean, that shows the level I work at. You're obviously in Hannibal. I. uh, Well, you're just. uh, I never really did cinema dates. I suppose I don't. What was your What was your dates date locations? Um, I don't know. I don't really like like one on one. What you mean, like with your girlfriend, or like a first date, or a first date, or a second date, or. Can I take you on a date? And then you'd go on a date like that. I don't don't remember ever doing that. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what it is. That's what a date is, isn't it? What was your, what do you mean? I'd end up like being with girls who were like part of the group or you just, you know you're the mate like you get to know them like that I but, guess. You ne- but you never went out on a date early doors to sort of spend time together in a location that's what a date is <laughs> what, what sort of age well any age from the age of 14 to now I suppose the, my, like I had kind of a girlfriend from like fourteen for a couple of years, which is a long time at that age. That is actually, and then again at like eighteen for a couple of like. But I, I don't know. She got pregnant with it about eight months. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so your date was at the um, just at the doctor, a lot of the registry visits. office with her dad. <laughs> what, what sort of what's your general date locations, Lloyd? Over historically, when I was Airbnb, when I was that age, yeah, you'd go to the cinema or maybe you'd go bowling or um, Laser Quest. (laughs) Actually, that's a weird day. That's not not a good one. Chasing around a dark warehouse with a a laser gun. (laughs) Swimming is a creepy first date, isn't it? (laughs) Definitely. That would be a rubbish first date. Because also, I I think, you know, if it's a first date, I don't think you want to show off any of your body yet. I think you want to wait, hold that. You want to do some doing push-ups in the changing rooms before you walk out. <laughs> just getting like some, I like some makeup to put like a six-pack on that then just, just washes off in the eyeliner. But it's um, yeah. But then obviously once you turn sort of basically seventeen or eighteen, it was just like most like most dates I ever, I ever went on were just pubs. And then you just get wankered. That was always like, I always thought that was really fun. One of them dates where you just meet up 
and you're in a pub and you just both end up totally shit messy. Yeah, it's wicked. I once went on a date with a girl in a pub in Clapham and then we got so shit faced. It was like we met at like five PM and genuinely was there was no like ulterior motives, it was just gonna hang a few drinks, get to see how we'd get on. And we just ended up nailing about five bottles of wine between the two of us. We ended up in the pond on Clapham Common. <laughs> it's like both of shit faces wading around in the water. Like we were so pissed and soaked that like it just had to end. Like it was almost that thing of I was sort of trying to go, Oh, should we go back to one of them? And she was like, No, I think I actually want to go home and just sort of pass out. Dry my off. husband. Dry off and pass out. <laughs> Get these tadpoles out of my pocket. <laughs> Any other business before we start wrapping up proceedings? I don't even know what we've talked about. This has been one of the ones where it's really covered a lot of ground. Films, dates, um, schooling, paedophiles. <laughs> what a selection. There's <laughs> any other bit. What's your thoughts on the, a Julian's water bottle there, Lloyd? Some, some guests have found it unnervingly large. I mean, I've got s- small hands. It ah. is still too big for a water bottle. It's 2.2 liter so that's your daily water you need right i lloyd not really like everyone (laughs) i thought it was some weird trick of perspective and he had like a genuine water cooler bottle there (laughs) it is massive i was like how how fucking how long is his fucking bedroom like (laughs) it is i find i think it is i it's dauntingly big. It's unwieldy. Yeah. But you can't bring that out of the house, can you? Do you carry it anywhere? No, it's just for inside. I wouldn't take it out. You do see people at the gym with ones that big. Right. And then... Um, I mean, that, that is, is just showboating. It is showboating. When did the gyms open? They must open soon. I don't know. In a few weeks, I think. Right. Um, that'll be good. You can get back to there, mate. Get back to your David Lloyd's. I know, I'm looking forward to it. It's just nice, isn't it? I mean, are you a, are you a gym goer, Lloyd? Because you, you're in bed, you know, you've got in decent shape. I would say you're in, you know, you I look lost much weight. more svelte, yeah, yeah than, um, than when you first came to Australia. I lost weight during lockdown because... Do you um, jog or anything? I did a lot of cycling and a lot of walking. That's right. good. Did you watch what you eat or is that what? totally just, it was a... It was a well, and also, yeah, no, we... I did, we were eating a lot better because we weren't allowed to eat out and everything oh, yeah, was home yeah. cooked and stuff. So I started making curries and started making stuff and becoming a better cook. And then it just, I don't know, a few people, I was doing a gig in a place called Ballarat and a pensioner just walked up to me on the street and just went, uh, you're nowhere near as fat as you used to be. And then walked <laughs> off. That's nice, getting a nice compliment to make your day. <laughs> No, but a real spring of my fat. step. Nowhere near as fat. It's still it's the most backhanded compliment I've ever I've ever heard. It's, oh God! Nowhere near as fat. That's something my mum would say. My mum's got the ability to think she's giving a compliment, and it is just it's like an arrow to your self esteem. It's unreal. <laughs> she said that. She said, um, "Who was it?" She said that to. Was it Joe Wilkinson? 
No, Barry Dodds. She once said to Barry Dodds, my mum's, the one time my mum's seen me do comedy, um, I was on with Barry Dodds, John Robbins, Joe Wilkinson, and uh, she said to Barry Dodds, um, oh, you look much fatter on stage. <laughs> wow, that is really going to give him some sleepless nights. She said she, she did the classic to Joe Wilkinson. I, oh, it's weird. I thought you were funny. I was like, okay. There <laughs> you go, mum. Why don't you just rip right through the dressing room there? Take everyone down a peg or two, innit? She does it with me. I've, like, I've, every time I've seen my mum in the last, I'd say, three years, she's told me I've put on weight. Like, if she, no, on her trajectory of my weight, I should be, there should be a documentary about me when I fucking... Getting crane lifted from your hat, from your bedroom. Um, Yeah, it's like, you'd think that I am sort of 80 stone or something, the way she goes on. She's just got that. It's that sort of old Irish lady thing. It's, it's, it can't. You can't just actually say something positive. It has to be given with a with an undercurrent. Some parents of are like that, though, aren't they? They're overly critical about their children. It's almost like they're, I don't know, like your extension of them. It's, it's yeah, it's totally. Well, she's just like she's got a, she's got a lot of issues. My mom, yeah, my dad's the opposite. My dad's never said anything positive or negative. <laughs> he's literally. <laughs> he's he's a mime. Yeah, basically, basically is. He sort of just sits there and just never f- sort of offers anything to the conversation. Anyway, on that note, <laughs> on that note about my parents, it's much like my, 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 we're staying with my indoors. They're so nice. It's unreal. Like, it's such a difference to like seeing my parents, seeing parents that are actually engaged with their families. And It's nice some- seeing a family that is like, I don't know, I used to get that go around my mate's house and just want to stay there. <laughs> there is but there does come a point sometimes where it's a little bit like you know not overbearing but sometimes you like all right as much as i criticize my family for how we were and are you know sometimes you're like i also quite like the independence we were all given to there was never any pressure to go to a family thing like i had mates you know one of my mates is italian like he's italian family born in london and literally i would say in our 20s, that's when you're probably your most sociable. Uh, over 50% of the times you'd be like, right, we're all going out for a beer, you come in. He'd be like, oh, I've got to go to a family dinner. And it was like, fucking, we'll just have dinner before you come people out. people in a restaurant. Yeah, they just always have every- family dinners. It's like, I've never in my life, well, not once, I mean 100%, I've never once had to go to a family dinner over a social event. I know. So. I remember my mum and dad like met again like for about a decade without seeing each other. So I arranged them to meet and have a dinner. It was just like a nightmare from the beginning. They're just <laughs> arguing straight away. They haven't seen each other in like ten years. And you think I had you're, to like, drive my dad there? And my sister was with my mum in a cab, and they're all everyone's getting irate and stressed out from it. <laughs> Went to the Cutty Sark pub in Greenwich and just oh, kicked off. <laughs> Have your family been out here, Lloyd, since in the time you've been coming here? They were supposed to come out, uh, maybe like oh, October, November. Shit. Actually, my dad is my dad has decided that he doesn't want to get on a plane ever again. Okay, so that's nice. He, <laughs> I mean, he's done a lot. Of, scary. Yeah, he's done a lot of travelling, and I think he the last holiday he went on, he got he got ill, and he was like, "This is just a ball ache." So. I don't know if he will come, but my my mum would my mum would come on her own. She wants yeah, to. Yeah. She she loves going away and stuff. So That's, I'm hoping um, she could be able to come over. 
they sometimes they love it. when like what age are they? Uh, he, he's like seventy and she's like sixty-one. They're of that yeah, sort of. They're in the age where they love a like your mum will love a holiday apart. Like not in yeah. a bad like it's just I know from like my in-laws if they just like I remember they yeah sh- they've had periods like she's she came to London last year without. Uh, my father-in-law and she had just had, she loved it so much just like because <laughs> when you've been together for however many it's years like that, time in it, it's 55 yeah. years yeah, <laughs> yeah actually have like a few weeks where you just that you have your you have your own space oh, it's incredible yeah so yeah she'd have a whale of a time um we should wrap it up um and get on with our days and our lives and let julian go to bed um, people can find you. What do you do? You don't do a podcast, do you, Lloyd? Uh, I sometimes do the froth, which is oh, Rod, Rod Gilbert's Rod. podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, but people can find you online. I mean, I don't know. I don't actually. I've never checked how many Australian listeners we have, Julian. But you're doing a show at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Yes, Jazzed. it's called Jazzed. That'll be fun. Is it a show you were going to do last year, mostly? It's like half of that and then half of new stuff I wrote like in lockdown and yeah, Where, so which, it's kind of... which venue and time and stuff? Oh, uh, I'm on at the Swiss Club at seven forty five PM pretty much every night apart from Mondays because they don't do Mondays here. Uh during the festival. It's a great thing actually that Melbourne like comedy yeah. festival just don't do mondays that thing of like you forget how just having a day off a week from a festival show makes it's such a good idea like because it's some people Edin- were doing that in edinburgh when i got that i was like I, oh, yeah i should have done that jimmy mcgee I, never I, does I do a it monday. In, I, I do it in edinburgh as well it's it's great i i try to get two days off a week and then they told me i was taking a piss do you know <laughs> i want a one day a week show do you know when you know people that haven't they just go i don't i don't bother having a day off i'd rather just do the show and you're like are you mental doing like oh, 25 man. nights in a row it's not healthy oh like I, I won't lie you know i'm very honored and happy to be gigging again just what the fact do you that take one day you'll take one in the middle one, won't you one day in edinburgh i normally take the middle that tuesday off but and I, even then, that feels unnatural doing almost two weeks until then. But like, it's you know, funny when you when you have a day off in Edinburgh and you go back the next day feeling a bit on mat, not match fit, even though you've <laughs> some more gigs. Twenty five like, gigs in ten days. <laughs> you're like, oh, a bit rusty. I had yesterday <laughs> off. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I do think like I've even done that thing already. Like in the last last week, I did loads of gigs. And having not gigged in so many months and just being happy to be doing anything. By the end of the week, I was a bit like, all right, turn it in, mate. A fucking day off, <laughs> Which is just madness. Yeah, I've got to remind myself I'm lucky to be doing anything. Um, right, let's wrap it up. Uh, Lloyd, thanks for joining us. Um, Thank you for having me. And thanks for coming, man. Watch any other business... Julian, what do we need to say? Thanks to patrons for um, signing up. To thanks get extra to all bits. the new patrons. Um, There's a fun little catch up we did the other night. That's on there now, and um, um, we should do a get together soon. Get a yeah. Now we're all settled, and Have um, a nice Sunday get together. Yeah, um, that's it. Thanks for listening, everyone. This has been TVI. Thanks to Lloyd Langford. Bye. God bless. Bye. Bye. Yeah, I'm just changing the podcast. I think, yeah, I think no, I'm doing it. 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 I'
Die of AIDS in an alleyway. <laughs>